Hi, everybody. I'm Mike Mirando, your host today for our monthly sports podcast in Rancho Cordova from the California Capitol Film Office Studios. Our guest today is one of Rancho Cordova's groundbreaking female athletes. Back in the early 1980s, she became the first female to play Little League Baseball in Rancho Cordova, was twice voted to the Rancho Cordova Little League All-Star Team, and as a 12-year-old pitched a no-hitter in District 5 TOC play. No small feat for sure. She went on to play softball for Cordova's Lancers, where she became one of the area's top shortstops, a first-team selection on the Sacramento Union and Sacramento Bees All-Metro team, and a two-time team MVP. The excitement's building, but I gotta tell you, in 2021, she was inducted into the Rancho Cordova Sports Hall of Fame. But here's the cool part. Back in the 1990s, today's guest was an early member of the first women's professional baseball team in more than 50 years, the Colorado Silver Bullets, where she was their starting center fielder. A 1987 Cordova High School graduate, Casey Clark, welcome to today's show. Thank you very much. Glad to have you. Now, we're going to get into a lot of stuff today in the okay. next hour, but I want to jump right to something that uh, I think is on the top of everybody's mind when they talk about the silver bullets and uh, is uh, the fact that, you know, I, I, I have it that you were a grocery store clerk when you first, uh, down in Costa Mesa, when you first heard about the tryouts. Yes. Kind of walk us through that day. So my mom had called me in... She and I had a prior discussion about this team that was going to be holding tryouts, and it was a baseball team. And I was like, okay, okay, you know, I'll think about it or whatever. So my mom called me up and was like, they're having tryouts here in Sacramento tomorrow. I need you to fly up. You need to try out for this team. So then, you know, getting to spring training, that was a whole, like, another phase. That was probably one of the most stressful stressful things I've ever had to deal with in sports because it was hard workouts you know you're competing against all these other females and you know trying to vie for a spot you know a roster of 24 so I obviously I ended up making it but, you know, going through each week, you know, waiting by your telephone to see if you get cut or not, that was that was really hard. So the spring training was really the first step. If you made that, then, right. then there were additional cuts, additional tryouts. I know yeah. more than 1,000 women from all over the country. It was more than 2,500 women that wow. tried out across the country. So you had to wait for a phone call after each time to see yes. if you made the final... So Tony and I sat in our room. We were just like, oh, my gosh, is this, you know, is this going to be it? But Tony's an amazing athlete. I knew she was going to make it out the gate. Yeah, so. Tony, you're talking to Tony Heisler. Tony Heisler. Uh, former uh, uh, star player for Elk Grove High School. Yes. Was she your roommate? Yes, uh, she was. Okay. Yeah. She tried out here in Sacramento. And I think it was my mom or my grandma that told me that she had tried out here. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to try out in front of anybody that I know just in case I mess up. So I was like, I'll make that drive to Arizona where my dad is and do it out there. How about that last day, the last cut before you made the team? Uh, take us take us there. The last. Uh, the... So 
one of our one of our coaches was Paul Blair. He was he was he played for the I want to say the Baltimore Orioles. Played he for was the Orioles, center yeah. And he, you know, he was our outfield coach. And probably like the, from the second week to the fourth week, he kept telling me, calm down, calm down. Cause I've always been really intense when I played. So it was like, stay calm, stay calm. You know, you got this, you got this. And then I was just like, I, I don't know. I don't know because I wasn't, my defense was great. But hitting a baseball just wasn't that great for me. And I'll get to that in a little bit. But sure. um, so Paul called me up and he's like, you need to calm down. I'm telling you right now, you're going to be fine. So I'm like, I don't even know what that means. And then we got the call. And, oh, of course, we were jumping up and down. And that night we all celebrated because we I think we were in Orlando. We were in Orlando that year. And they announced it later on that evening. We were at a really nice event. So they introduced the first 24 that made the team. And I think Tug McGraw was there. There was an, a few other athletes that were there. So it made it really special. Uh, you guys played a 48-50 game schedule, barnstormed all over the country playing uh, what a man, from what I recall and saw single and double a uh, prospect prospect minor league teams oh these yes these were legit teams that you played against they weren't just pickup teams in many cases division two college teams what are some of the differences how was that experience for you um there was it was it was tough i'm not you know really tough they uh each team there was a difference like we would play some college teams that were that were great. I think we lost to, I can't remember where we were at, but we lost to a college team three to two. And we were like, did they hold up on us or what? But no, it was a great college team. We played against some single and double A teams. And that picture that I have out there, I think we played against uh, the Memphis double A team. Right, the Memphis Chicks. Yes, yep. thank you. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're talking to Casey Clark, uh, Rancho Cordova star athlete from the uh, 1980s and on the uh, founding member of the 1994 Colorado Silver Bullets. You got paid. You were the girls of summer. Yes. How much how much were you paid? Um it started out at 25,000 and then I at the end of the year they gave us a $5,000 bonus. Oh wow. So we took a lot of heat from the different states and the different teams that we we played against. They were like, how are you ladies getting paid more than us? You know, we took a lot of riff for that. It's like, you got to be a better ball player to get paid more. So we'd tease them all the time. But it was it was nice getting paid, obviously. The, one of the games uh, and experiences I remember is when the, the Silver Bullets played Candlestick Park yes. back in May of 1994. Uh, big crowd, 30, 32, 33,000. Uh, one of the newspaper stories that I came across had you that you videotaped some of the game with your camcorder. Did uh, I? Do you recall that? No, uh, I don't. I guess Barry Bonds was a big fan of the Silver Bullets. Yes, he was. Uh, as were several of the other Giants, but him in particular. Mm -hmm. uh, tell, tell, tell me about some of the interaction that you had with some of the major leaguers. 
A lot of them wanted to race. A lot of them wanted to, you know, go to batting practice with us. They wanted to pitch against us. They wanted us to pitch against them. They invited us to play on their team. So the interaction was a lot of fun with these players. I think uh, one of my most uh, favorite memories was with Barry Bonds. In that book that I showed you, there's a picture of it's him and I standing next to one another. But it says it was somebody else. So he came in the dugout and interacted with us and talked to us and was was very positive and, and you know, rooted us on. That is fabulous. They were impressed. Uh, you also had your manager was Nuxie, Phil Necro. Yes, he was. And uh, I guess his brother Joe was pitching coach for a time. Yes. How, how was the interaction between the Necro brothers and the team? How was it playing for Phil? I don't think they know how to da- how to act towards us at first because they've never coached females before. I mean, there's a lot of stories I could tell you that I'm not going to share on air, but they were extremely hilarious. How bad? Uh, just <laughs> they they didn't know if they could yell at us. They didn't know if we would start crying or breaking down. You know, and we're like, we're athletes. So we're not going to sit here and cry. Most of us played sure. D1. You know, we're not going to, you know set in the fetal position because you yelled at us you know we're athletes we're here to learn you know you're here to teach us and coach us so it was great having them as as our leaders they were a lot of fun and I remember I think it was April Fool's Day and you know I was a center fielder and Joe came up to me and and said okay I just want to let you know that you're going in on the fifth inning and I, I'm like, I'm starting. What do you mean going in in the fifth inning? And he said, you're going to go in and pitch. And I'm like, pitch? I'm like, I don't I don't pitch. He said, yeah, you do. He's like, you got an arm. You got a fastball. He goes, throw that slider you've been telling me about. I'm like, I don't even know what a slider is, you know. <laughs> so he's going on and on and on, and I'm starting to freak out a little bit because, you know, I'm like, I'm going to go in in the fifth inning and pitch, and all I have is heat. That's it. So he came back around, and he was, he was like, April Fool's. So I'm like, oh, okay. So they joked around a lot. Was it April Fool's Day when yes, you did this? Yes, it was. Yes, okay. it was. So it was April Fool's, but they were they were a lot of fun. We, they made the team, and of course, you know, we all connected really well. You we had talked about uh, uh, Tony Heisler, the great shortstop out of Elk Grove. We also played with Ann Ketchum, Gina Satriano yes. out of UC Davis. You had a lot of top athletes, a lot of top talent on that team. Yes. Um, we called her Beanie, Beanie Ketchum. So she was a great pitcher. I mean, she th- yeah. was a little gal, and she threw the mid to the mid eighties and, um, struck out a lot of people. Um, Gina, she was one of our pitchers. So she pitched, she did really well too. She was a lot of fun. And Tony is Tony, you know, she's a phenomenal athlete. It was just, she was so smooth and I'd been playing with her since I was 14. So it was, it was great to have her as a roommate and great going to spring training with her because we kept one another going, you know. Do you still keep in touch with yes, some of the I players? Yes, I do. I just talked to I just talked to Tony a couple weeks ago, and um, 
The other ones, I just keep in touch with them, like on Facebook and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, do they have reunions or get? Um, we haven't had a reunion, probably. I want to say fifteen years. Wow. So we had, I think it was, two thousand five. I think we had a reunion, and that was in, in Colorado. And Joe didn't make it because I, I think Joe had passed away at right. the time. Phil was there. His son was there. Tommy Tommy Jones, he had passed away too, I believe. Yeah. So, but it was great to see everybody. I know on a couple of occasions, you actually uh, came face-to-face with bona fide major leaguers. Yes. Oil Can Boyd pitched for the Red Sox and, uh, of course, Jerry Royce. How was that experience actually playing against these guys? It was intimidating to say the least, but it was also, we were out there to, to do a job and see if we can, you know, win a game. Cause I know when oil Cam Boyd pitched against us, I think it was 24 to one. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't great, but that was, you know, our first debut and we only got better from there. Right. right. So, and Jerry Royce, I don't, I don't remember playing against Jerry Royce. Okay. Well, he played one game, um, uh, against you, according to, uh, news reports that I, you know, newspapers.com is a wonderful thing. I dug yes. up a, a lot of a lot of great stuff on, oh, on nice. you guys uh, as well. Uh, let's let's go back and we'll talk about some of your mentors. Your parents. Uh, what were your parents like, and what impact did they have on you growing up in Rancho Cordova? Oh, a lot. <laughs> My parents had a lot of impact. So I have an older sister named Corey Clark Wilt, and uh, she was a phenomenal athlete she's she ran track for Cordova played basketball for Cordova I have an older brother Rob Clark he also played baseball for Cordova and my younger brother Ron Clark he passed away a few years ago and he was also he also played baseball I did not make the connection Rob is your brother yes okay yes I know of him and um, my parents it's my mom wasn't very athletic growing up but my mom knew a lot about baseball learned a lot about baseball and she, her and my grandmother were my coaches when I started playing Little League. So when I was playing 10 and under, it was my mom, my grandma, my brother, and Scott Selner. So Scott Selner, who was inducted when I was, he was, he was, helped out our team. And then my dad and Scott Selner's dad, Mr. Selner, they coached me on 12 and under. So I learned a lot from, and I learned the right way on how to play ball. So which, which, you know, carried me through the rest of my career playing. But parents pushed, but I loved them for that, you know. And when I was playing 12 and under, it's funny, Mr. Selner would coach me. My dad wouldn't coach me because he didn't want to be the one getting on me. So... (laughs) He's like, I'll let somebody else handle that. That is, that is cool. Yes. Uh, now, you, you went to Rancho Cordova Elementary School. Yes, I did. Right? And then on to Mills. At what point did you take up an interest in baseball, softball? Softball, I started playing. I played Little League until I was 13. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to play with my friends. So when I turned 14, that's when I started playing at Rancho Cordova Girls Softball. 
And then you had mentioned the spirits, and I had right. forgot all about the spirits. You played for the Lady Magic? Yes, and, I did. And the spirits. That was a travel team. Yes. Uh, played from February on through the oh, entire I, year. Yes, the whole year. So it was very demanding. But, I mean, it's it's travel ball. If you want to get anywhere, if you want a softball scholarship, or you want to continue, you know, being successful, that's what you do. It's travel ball, and it's all year round. You strike me, Casey, as somebody who's very driven, who is taught to be very driven at a young age. Is that something yes. in here, or did your dad and mom really instill that in you? They, my mom and dad really instilled that in me. And then, of course, you know, I was like, okay, then I, I want to drive, you know, drive to be the best. So that's that's what my plan was, and that's what I did. Now, for the Lady Magic and, and the Spirit, you predominantly were a center fielder. Yes. But had switched to shortstop when you got to uh, play for Cordova. Yes. And what was the, the impetus for that? That I always wanted to play shortstop. Like, I, when I played Little League, I was either a pitcher or a shortstop. So they put me in outfield, and I was like, I don't want to play outfield. I want to play shortstop. But my arm was too strong to be an infielder. So my travel teams put me in the outfield. But uh, when I was at Cordova, I'm like, no, I'm going to play shortstop. In Little League, I did happen to see you play a few times when I worked oh, at, the, uh, at the Green Sheet, yes. And uh, you, you had a terrific arm. Uh, I didn't see the no-hitter, but I did see you pitch on another occasion. Back then, they'd let you go three or four innings. Yes. Uh, in fact... Was Mr. Selner your Little League coach as well? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because he had told me about the team. He initially told me about you. Yes. Is she got to come out here and see, we got a girl on the team who's better than most of the guys. And wait till you see her pitch. Well, I got to see you pitch. You had movement. Yeah. I mean, your fastball, right before it got to home plate, broke. And it was mm -hmm. a natural break, if I recall. And... Later on, when you were picked for the All-Star team, I believe you beat College Greens, although I'm not quite sure. College Green fans out there, that if you played, don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> but it was uh, I don't believe that you walked anybody that game. Control was pretty good with you. Uh, did you learn pitching by anybody? Was there a particular person that uh, honed your skills as a pitcher? My grandma. Your grandma. Do yes. tell. Yes. Okay. So she... She's like, do you, you know, do you want to pitch? My parents would ask me, do you want to pitch? I'm like, I want to pitch, you know, I got it. I want to throw. So I would go over to my grandma's house if we weren't practicing out on the field and she would catch me. So we, she lived over off of Aramon and she would crouch down and let me pitch. So she had her own little catcher's glove from way back when because she played. When she was in her, I think it was her 30s or her 20s, she played for the state of Utah. She played softball. So she kind of pushed me and pushed me and pushed me, you know. But she was my catcher. And she is the one that helped me get through it. But there was so many, there, so many other coaches, too, that helped me as well. But the first one was Grandma. Yes. Uh, that, is, that is fabulous. Folks, we're talking to Casey Clark. Uh, former standout for Cordova High School, later the Silver Bullets. Grandmother was technically your first pitching coach. Yes. At a, at a young age. Uh, this this is terrific stuff. Uh, I want to take you back to something uh, Dick Maurer, uh, your softball coach at Cordova, yes. uh, once said about you, and I'm quoting from a newspaper story here. 
Casey is a tremendous worker. There's nobody more competitive, and I don't care what it is, she's going to win. That's very high praise coming from him. Yeah. Where did you get these instincts? I don't know. I, it's probably watching my brother play because he was very competitive as well. And when I was younger as a baseball player, you know, starting out, you know, I would, even before I started out, I would go watch him play All-Stars and, and play his games. And, and I wanted to be just like him because he had an amazing arm to me. I thought he was an amazing baseball player. So I think it has a lot to do with him. Did you guys play a lot together, play catch? Oh, yeah. I was little... always around, you know, Troy Flowers, Scott Selner, Jeff Yurton. Ah, Troy Flowers. There's a name from the past. I yeah. know Jeff, obviously, a Hall of Famer, and Scott. Uh, Troy Flowers. Where is he these days? Do I have know? no idea. I know. He was on the All-Star team, too, as well. Um, Scott Selner's mother used to be, uh, she used to keep the stat sheets. And, in fact, she and Mr. Selner used to bring them into the green sheet, the report forms, to let us know. Okay. And, of course, you were always listed uh, as being a top performer as well as Scott, Troy, some of the others. Mm -hmm. And if memory serves, it was actually Scott's mom that told me about you, not oh, okay. the dad. He says, you, you got to come out here and see see this team. So uh, it just kind of jogged my memory there. Uh when you're at Mills in your first couple of years in high school, you also ran cross country. Yes. Was that uh, on a lark or something was running something that you always wanted to do? I, don't, I mean, I ran track probably when I was two to four years old. Really? So wow. my sister, we um, we were on a track team called, I think it was Cordova Dusters. Yep. And Mr. Fier yep. was Fier. the coach. So he had, he had coached us and I don't know. I, I don't know. I think Kim McCants, my best friend in high school, she was like, well, you know, we're going to, we're going to run cross country. Let's do this. You know? And I loved it. Like she and I did really well. And then we went on a track and I love the sport of track and field. I still watch it all the time. So that was probably my favorite sport. So you experienced uh, Brown's Ravine. Oh uh, Lord, many yes. times. Oh yes, and Sierra College. That one was was a brutal track too. Yeah, Lauren Ringo uh, shared the story that uh, Clark Massey, their coach, would have them practice in the most terrible of weather conditions, and he yes. did it on purpose to prepare them. And I don't know if that carried on to when you ran, but uh, Brown's Ravine was really where where runners came to, to really hone their skills. Right. But they always did it in terrible weather. Yes. I don't recall us ever doing it in terrible weather, but I just remembered that particular course, Sarah College, and I think it was Vacaville. Those were really, it's up and down course. So, Do you think running helped prepare you for your baseball and softball career? Yes, because I didn't want to lose. I mean, I didn't take first all the time. I didn't take second place all the time, but I know I didn't want to lose, and it had to been. I wanted to be top five in whatever I did. Cross country is, in many cases, like swimming. It's an individual sport. Yes. And a lot of times you don't know where 
the rest of the pack is depending upon the course. So it's designed to be that way to help yes. push you. Is that something where you a self motivator on the on the uh, cross country course? Oh yes, I I wouldn't look behind me a lot, but I knew where I was going. So I would just weave in and out, in and out, and I knew when I was ahead, and did my very best to stay that way. That's great. Now, in high school, uh, you were convinced to play varsity softball, but apparently it wasn't easy. Who convinced you and why? I'm sure it was Billy Fier. Yeah, yeah. So was. he was like, come on, it's time to start playing softball, you know, for your school. And he he convinced me into playing. And I don't, I think I didn't play until my junior year. Right. So that was... I think that's when I want to say John McCants was our coach in yes. 11th grade and Francoia. So they were a lot of fun to play with. They were hard on us, but they were, they made us better players. Right. And then I think the following year is when Dick Maurer took over and Billy Fier. Yeah. Dick was there when you were a senior. Yes. And uh, Dave Franzoy, of course, a uh, member of our committee and certainly knows you. Uh, you helped the Lady Lancers into the section finals against St. Mary's, made some great plays, hit 412. Uh, shortstop's not your natural position, center field is, but you were ended up becoming one of the area's top shortstops. Is yes. something you had to work at, or did it come naturally? Um, gosh, that's a good question. Um. I had to learn to control my arm because I would throw the softball like I was in the outfield. So it was, I had to step away and go, okay, I got to calm down a little bit. I got to be able to get some control and get the ball to first play or first base, excuse me. So that's where that landed, but it's, I liked playing center field when I played travel ball, but when I was in high school, I, I liked playing center. That was my position right there. Mm -hmm. Well, they say a lot of your better athletes play are middle infielders uh, and, and uh, outfielders as well, but typically shortstop, second base, center field. Yes. Um, being the type of athlete that you were, did you play other types of posi other positions besides short, or did they move No, I didn't. That was it. It was either shortstop or center field. What one aspect about softball did you like best? What uh, a nuance of the game, whether it was bunting or hitting behind the runner, maybe situations, what kind of? I was kind of a cocky player. Yeah. So I liked showing, I don't even want to say this, but it was like almost like showing off, showing my skills. So my favorite part was probably defense. Well, if you can do it, it ain't right. bragging, right? <laughs> I, mean, I know. Let's face it. Uh, one person may view you as showing off, but if you can make the play, that's not really – I mean, right. that, that, that a lot of it came natural that way. Uh, during your playing career, Casey, at uh, at Cordova, you played with some some good ball players: uh, Melinda Garcia, mm -hmm. Deborah Curry, Jenny Garcia, just to name a few. Those are some great teams that yes. both uh, Mr. McCants and uh, Maurer had – 
do you still keep in contact with any of those players? I just talked to Melinda a couple of days ago. Did you? I had some questions for her about spirits and who I couldn't remember who our coach was. But um, I talked to her through Facebook, and like I said, I spoke to her a couple of days ago. Um, the other gals I haven't seen or heard from in a very long time. Well, I'm sure that they will seek you out when they hear this. Oh, uh, knock on wood. <laughs> uh, we're talking to Casey Clark, and Casey is a senior that wasn't much that you, anything that you couldn't hit. You batted 466. That's when you were first team selection on both the Union and the B's All Metro team. Did that come as a surprise to you? For the All Metro team? Yes. Um, no, it it wasn't because that year I really excelled in my sport, so. It wasn't a surprise. What well, was a surprise, because I got all pumped up, you know, from different coaches and stuff. You know, you're going to be player of the year, and I think they, they gave were it telling to you a, this, huh? yeah. I oh think my they gave it to a gal named Jenny Ruzich from St. Francis. Yes, I believe. So that was right. a little bit of a disappointment, but um, I felt like I had a really good year that year my last year in high school well you were named to the optimus all-star team mm -hmm. and you were the team's most valuable player uh, after cordova it was sac city yes for a few years i took a year off out of high school i didn't i didn't do anything and then i was like okay i i think i'm ready to get back into it so billy was there billy fia of course mm -hmm. and I, it was either American River College or Sac City, and I had spoke to Tim Kiernan, I think when I was in high school, he wanted me to come there. But I ended up going there, and that was, I learned a lot from Tim. Tim was a great coach. Um, Billy Fier was there too. And then my last year playing, um, there was a gal named Shanita Rogers that became a coach. And she became my mentor from then on because I just I wanted to play just like her. She was smooth. She came out of Burbank High School, and she went to Sac City for two years, and then she wound up at Cal State Fullerton. And was that the reason you ended up uh, accepting a scholarship to CSU Fullerton? Uh, or were there other schools that were looking at you? There were a lot of other schools. I actually wanted to go to University of Arizona and was being looked at by the coaches, but they ended up signing a pitcher last last minute. So pitchers and catchers always got first priority oh, when yeah. it came to scholarships. So. I was like, okay, um, told Shanita, I said, just make that call to Judy and let her know I want to come aboard. And they were still top three in the country. So, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be at one of the top schools and I wanted to play I wanted to be seen on ESPN. I wanted to play for a team that played well, on ESPN. Well, you certainly were. It says here you hit 357 uh, as a junior and 381 as a senior. Second team, all, all West region and second team all Big West selection. So that's uh, not too bad. And that was at Cal State Fullerton? Yeah, that's what it says here. Oh. Yes. So uh, uh, you uh, you certainly did well. Uh, I know that there were a couple of ESPN games. I, I did not see them. Yeah. But there were at least two during your Oh, yeah, there was year. quite a few. I want to say at least once a week or 
once every two weeks we were on TV. So you you graduated from Fullerton? In no, I didn't. Okay, so you but ninety two is your last year. Ninety two is my last year. Okay, so you took a year off between uh, Fullerton and getting the call from the Silver Bullets in ninety four. Yes, I was working at the Fullerton um, Albertsons and hadn't picked up a bat or anything and that's when i was telling you my mom i think i came home in december for christmas and my mom was talking to me about it and i was like yeah 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 okay i'll think about it you know and then i think it was in january when she called me no you gotta fly up here tomorrow so what'd your mom see a little clip in the newspaper I think or hear it was. something in the b or i don't know if it was on tv or a clip in the newspaper but i was just like mom you can't what are you talking about? You know, I'm not even prepared because I hadn't picked up a bat or done anything. You know, parents, uh, as you know now, are wise beyond their years. Yes. They, they know stuff, uh, being a parent yourself. So it, it's great. This is a fascinating story, folks. Casey Clark is with us. She's talking about her experiences growing up here in Rancho Cordova and playing college ball and also with the Silver Bullets. Uh, you have family here. You have a 10-year-old daughter, yes, Chasen. Yes, I do. Her and, name's Chasen. And she plays baseball. She plays uh, She plays for Ranch Cordova Girls softball. This is her first year. She's doing really well. Excellent. Now, at what age did you get a bat in her hand? Whether I want to say it was probably three years old. Oh, <laughs> of course. Was it a wiffle ball bat? Uh, I think so, yes. Uh, I think it was a little Batman bat or a little Paw Patrol <laughs> bat. But I, I got her to hit left-handed, so I was like, okay, you're gonna, I'll let you throw right-handed. You're going to be a left-handed batter. Was she a natural righty to begin with? Um, the- uh, not really batting, but throw. I mean, obviously throwing. But, yeah, no, it took me a while. I mean, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have a little baseball player on my hand. She's doing really good. That's great. So now when you were a kid – with your parents, at what age did they get a bat in your hand, or did they I want notice to say the about aptitude? Five years old. Okay. Because you know, I, my Rob is five years older than me, so I would you know end up at his baseball games and you know end up messing around, hitting the ball around and stuff. So, Chasen, uh, you you get a you get a Batman type plastic bat in her hand when she's probably three. Yes. And could, what tipped you off that? There's an aptitude here for baseball. The way she swang it. The way she swung. I mean, it was it was natural. Like, of course, I had to teach her a few things, but I mean, the way she held the bat and her stance, she looked like she was. I was like, oh, she's gonna go places. How about her arm? Uh, That probably worked worked a little later, right? Yeah, she's got a good arm. We're still working on that, but she she throws. She just needs to learn how to snap the ball. She'll learn that. Well, she'll yeah, she'll pick that up. She's ten. Yes. Uh, in in terms of mechanics, even for a ten year old, you have her doing stretching and some of the other rudiments that uh, are running or. Yeah, she's uh, like like I said, she didn't let me know that she wanted to play until you know it was last minute sign up. So I was like, oh my gosh, we got to get you going, you know. So we went over the catching. Um, she's learning the base running right now from her coaches. Um, there's still so much that she needs to learn and she's got some really good coaches that are, that are helping her out there. Uh, her dad and I are just sitting on the sidelines, let, you know, letting it happen. We just want to make sure that she has fun this year. What's, how is it, how is it different 
from when you played, when you were 10, 11, 12 years old, relative to Jason, uh, as far as parent interaction, parent involvement, what's the dynamic difference that you've seen? Well, um, it like my mom, she was, I think I said it earlier, she was, her and my grandma were my 10 and under coaches. So, I mean, my mom would get on me, you know, push me. Same thing with my grandma, you know, and Scott and my brother. But now, now it's like watching her, because I kind of wanted to coach her this year, but then I was like, no, it's her first year. I want, I just want to sit back and see how she does. But it's, she can use a little bit more pushing. Because, yeah. you know, I, um, it's the I know mom or the I know dad. And I hear her saying it to her coaches. But, you know, I kind of try and sneak in behind the dugout a little bit. And I'm like, come here. I got to tell you something, you know. And then I'm like, I don't want to be one of those parents that is just in her air constantly during during the game. So I think next year I'm going to try and coach her. And there's a Get lot out of that still. With her. You know, uh, parent involvement is fine to an extent. But yes. The, 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 the big complaint, of course, is they tend to get a little too involved. Yes, I was coaching um, 18 and under girls fast pitch down in Southern California before I moved back up here. I think it was, I did it from 2000 to uh, probably before that, 1999 to 2003. And we would make the parents, because I coached with Shanita Rogers. Right. Her and another uh, gal named Pam Newton. And they would make him sign contracts. The parents do not come up and talk to the kids during, you know, during when they're in the dugout, you know, leave them alone until after the tournament is over with and don't question what we're doing during the tournament. If you want to have a conversation with us, you know, 10 o'clock at night would be fine on a Sunday evening. That's actually a good thing. Sets yes. the tone and sets the bar right. uh, between parents and, uh, and the kids. That's a, uh, what a great idea. Yes. Uh, it'd be great if more leagues did that, especially yes. down to the little league level. Yes. And I find it like uh, Jason's dad, his name is Victor. He, you know, he sees me go to sneak up to the dugout and he's like, no, that's, get over here. You know, let her be, you know, let her, let her, let her play. So like I said, I think probably next year I'm probably going to get in there with her. And, and coach our team. Let's see, 10 years old, so that would put her, what, fifth grade, fourth? She's going in the sixth grade yeah, next sixth, year. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and then would she be going to Mills? She's going to be going to Mitchell. Mitchell, oh, yeah. okay, Mitchell Marauders, okay. Yes. Uh, back when I went there, it was an actual junior high, now it's a middle school. I know. It's... Uh, they've changed, it's six, seven, and eight, and then nine through 12 would be at Cordova. Yeah. Uh, because of the enrollment uh, realignment and, and what have you, oh, wow. but it may also open up some some different opportunities. Yes, uh, as well. Uh, you played uh, obviously. Uh, you came out of the Title Nine era. Uh, Title Nine had been an, enacted about ten years uh, beforehand, yes. which opened up more opportunities for female athletes, which is which is tremendous. And uh, Jason, now she's playing now at Rancho Little League. Where do they play now? Uh, 
Where's the the Cordova Girls Softball, they have an amazing complex now at Mills. Oh, that's right. That's the one right off of uh, Coloma Road that yes. they just built. That's a beautiful facility. I'm thinking Rancho Little League folks back in the day when it was right behind St. John Vianney is when they had two diamonds. Yes. Now it's uh, uh, a lot different. Mills Little League used to play at Cordova Gardens. Oh, that's right. Uh, but, uh, um, well, this is fabulous. Does Chasen watch baseball on TV? Does she? Pick Sometimes them? she does. Sometimes she does. Um, we haven't been watching it too much lately, but we're starting to get into it again this year, especially with the new rules. Have you followed new rules? What do you think of them? I just think it's ridiculous. I don't know. I with just, the pitch clock or the bigger right. the bases? Or, I mean. Uh, the, or the two disengagements by pitchers. It's uh, I don't know what they're doing. Well, they're trying to speed the game up. Oh, that's right. Which the pitch clock, I can frankly kind of see. I wasn't on board with it initially but the pitch clock 15 seconds if you have no runners on 20 seconds if you do i think that's been a good thing to a point the problem is the two disengagement rule for pitchers if you got a fast runner if you've already thrown over there twice it's going to add an extra dynamic in the head of a pitcher in fact uh in the uh, yankees angels game last night one of the Yankee pitchers became so flustered, he ended up hitting the next batter. I think oh. it might have been Mike Trout. Those types of things. I'm not sure that the disengagement rule was even needed. Right. They want to they increase stolen bases. And they also made the bases bigger, which means you have six inches fewer space between the baselines. But it was all designed to increase excitement, increase uh, uh, or, or lessen the playing time, which it's done. It's taken about 20, 25 minutes off the clock. Uh, uh, I was always one to uh, – baseball was the last team game not governed by a clock. Well, you know, things things do change. Yes. Um, but getting back to you, you you work at Home Depot. Yes, I do. You, you were a, a, a merchant – A it? merchandiser. Merchandiser. Yes. Okay. And you, how long have you been with the company? I've been there almost seven years now. I used to throw freight at night, and then I became a merchandiser. And I've been doing that for a little over a year now, and, which was overnights from 8 o'clock at night until 6.30 in the morning. And that just became too much. I had to go to daytime. Sure. So now I work 5 a.m. to 1.30 a.m. and have the rest of, rest of the afternoon off with my family. What a difference that makes. Except for a few years, you have made your home here in Rancho Cordova. Yes, that's a, that is fabulous. Uh, kind of different now growing up to where it was uh, back in the late, mid to oh, late 70s. Oh, it's so different. It's so different. And so, you know, you think back, it's like, God, I wish it was back like the old days. You know, but it's times are changing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are. But Rancho Cordova is still one of the top uh, attractions for new companies uh, in Sacramento County. Yes. And new families are moving here all the time. That's what you were telling me. A couple of other other questions I wanted to ask you. Just uh, they're not they're kind of off topic, but I'm going to okay. ask them anyway. What uh, what is one of your biggest pet peeves in life? What is one of my biggest pet peeves? Um, I want to say laziness. You don't strike me as somebody who uh, being lazy is not exactly in your wheelhouse. No, it's no. But laziness is, and I see it a lot, like, you know, working for Home Depot or just. 
Well, you're a, you're a mom, obviously, and what is the one thing that you do to instill an, a work ethic in your daughter? Let's say it just. I'm going to go back to the old saying, you know, practice makes perfect, and if you if you want to be better, if you want to be good, then you got to work at it. So some days that works out really great, and some days that doesn't work out at all. But. Sure. Oh yeah. Well, parenting. <laughs> but it, she's ten, so. <laughs> exactly. You have many many more years ahead. What is your biggest motivator? For myself, mm -hmm. yeah. um, my family. That's my biggest motivator. Is my family. I mean, we've gone through some hard times. We've gone through some hardships, but you know, just, I, we have to work hard for our families. You do, and you're fortunate enough that you have most of them still here. Yeah, my brother is him and his wife. They live over in Lincoln Village, but my sister and her husband they live in Iowa. Oh, what part? Um, outside of Norwalk. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I get to see them once a year when they come out to uh, my brother's family. My brother-in-law's family has a cabin up in the High Sierras. So I get to see them once a year. Do you ever go back to Iowa? I have not been back there in a long time. I'm I'm not okay with the weather, and I'm not okay with the tornadoes. Well, go during the summer. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to beat the heat, but you'll beat the tornadoes. Oh, good. Uh, I, I'm from the Quad Cities personally, oh, okay. which is right on the Iowa-Illinois border. Okay. The Mississippi River. In fact, they have a single A team in, in Davenport. But uh, great fan of the state, not so much the weather. But yeah, yes. if you do go back, uh, go back in, in the summer. They keep inviting me, you got to come out during the summer. And I'm like, when's tornado season? You know, because I think it was last year my sister had texted me saying that there was a tornado in her town. And I'm like, well, you're going to have to go outside and film that because I want to <laughs> see it. Although my anxiety was like in high gear, you know, she's out there trying to film it through the window. And I'm like, I can't see it. You know, you got to do better. So, but it's, that was nerve wracking. It's just like, I can't do tornado season. And I've been back there when it's been really cold and ooh, cold weather is not Oh yeah. Me. Yeah. Well, that's one of the benefits of California is yes. you don't get a whole lot of that. No, the last few seasons have been really beautiful and mild. Exactly, exactly. Well, we're almost to the end of our time. Uh, uh, Casey, this has been great. What is next for Casey Clark? You mentioned you may want to come back into coaching. I'm Yes. Uh, I think next year I'm, I'm going to try and get back into it because I've been out of it for so long because living down in Southern California before I moved up here or back up here, I was a hitting instructor for fast pitch softball and also coached. So ever since I've been back up here, I've been out of it for so long. And then now having Chase and, you know, getting into softball and stuff, I think, you know, that's my my next goal for her myself is to get back into coaching. You had mentioned you had coached an under-18 team mm -hmm. uh, down in Southern California. Yes. Was that the first time you had coached? Uh, no, I think a couple of years prior, I, I was coaching 14 and under. And at the same time, you know, we were putting on softball clinics for Easton sports. And then, you know, being in head instructor at night, you know, during the week. And then Shanita and Pam asked me if I wanted to help coach their 18 and under gold team. I think they had a flash to gold team up here, too. I'm not sure. But it was the team at the time was called Flash Gold. So I started helping coach them. 
you know, help them on the side with their pitchers and catchers. And it was a lot of fun. Well, pitch, pitching, and we still have a, a few more minutes here. We can talk about this. You bring up pitching. Pitching in women's softball, obviously, is far different. Uh, throwing underhand, some of them whip it off their hip. There's oh, yeah. breaking pitches. I mean, there's a, there's a whole science behind that. I mean, I, I'm fascinated by it. How is that for you? How do you, how do you teach pitching when you've got a young athlete? that wants to learn how to do this. Well, it's I wasn't actually coaching the the pitchers, but I was over there making sure that they got warmed up and, you know, pre-game got their game face on, you know, and coaching fast pitch softball, that is something I will leave for Melinda Garcia or okay. Jenny Garcia. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have to talk to them because I think Chasen wants to get into pitching. Well, those are two of the best yes. that she could learn from. Yes. For sure. Uh, great. Casey, it's been fabulous. It's Thank hard you to very believe much. Uh, uh, an hour has flown by. I we know could, it has. We There's could, so much to talk about. We, we could go, uh, <laughs> we could certainly go another hour uh, talking about baseball, softball, yes. your experiences uh, with the silver bullets. But uh, thanks for coming in today. It's been terrific. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Great. Thank well, you. this is Mike Mirando uh, along with Casey Clark. And that concludes this week's broadcast of the uh, Rancho Cordova Sports Podcast. Until next time, everybody, we'll see you again.